You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Hey, welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Love Your Practice. Ladies, it's fall 2021. Um, How's everybody feeling in our practice? We're still just kind of getting our groove on from being closed for a while last year. And then now we're the Delta variants here. So we're wearing masks again and asking our patients to wear masks. And um, we don't have a huge breakout in Iowa, but we do have some. Plus there's a lot in Missouri, just one state south of us. So a little bit exciting still. And um, actually the subject today has to do kind of with COVID because I talked to the amazing and insightful Kara Kelly, who is an HR consultant for dental, um, dental businesses. And she is a one woman team. So she's always on social media. If you have questions for her, she's a great person to ask as far as a place to start with your HR stuff that you've got going on. And we just had a really fascinating conversation about retention and attraction of our employees. Um, So finding the right ones, keeping the right ones, how valuable it is to keep them. Um, And we do talk some about ideas. You know, maybe you could try this, maybe you could try that. I just want to warn you beforehand, as you start listening to those, your brain might go, oh no, we can't do that. Or, oh no, that's too hard. Or I can't afford that. And just stick with the episode because we address that as well. We address that our brains might object to making changes to how we do things there. So stick with us all the way through the interviews about 40 minutes long, well worth your time. You'll definitely pick up some pearls and I will see you on the other side. Okay, I would like to welcome to our podcast, Kara Kelly. Kara, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Laura. I'm I'm excited to be here. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I just, we had a chat, was it like two or three weeks ago? And we started shooting out all these super clever things. And I was like, why aren't we recording this? We should have recorded the chat. (laughs) (laughs) So Kara, you have a unique thing that you do. Um, And I'm just going to let you describe it to our ladies here. Who are you? Well, I'm a dental HR consultant. I've been doing this for almost 10 years. I actually started um, HR consulting at a dental CPA firm back in 2012. And that's kind of where I fell into working with dentists. Um, The CPA firm catered to dental and small medical practices. and, And whenever I decided to strike out on my own and start my own firm, you know, in uh, November of 2019, (laughs) right before (laughs) the pandemic started, I I had to do a major pivot there, but that's okay. Uh, It was really a pivot back to what I love doing anyways, which is working with dentists and helping them uh, retain their teams. And at that time was helping them retain their teams while laying off their teams, which I know sounds backward, but hey, it it worked (laughs) for a lot of clients. Uh, I think uh, that was probably really like a hard time to start your own business, but also we needed you. It was kind of either, well, this is either going to fail epically because who needs an HR consultant when you don't have employees? 
um, or it was just going to be the best time to start ever. Mm -hmm. So I went with the second one. Yeah. And it happened. Look at you. (laughs) You've like quickly become like the social media person to ask HR questions to, right? I, um, I love doing it. I'm on Facebook anyways, and so I'm in several groups and, and I do, I get asked a lot of questions on social um, and I'm usually happy to answer them unless they're questions that really need a deep dive into somebody's specific situation, of course. And, and I'm not an attorney, so I don't answer legal questions or I try to stay away from that space as much as possible. But for the most part, yeah, I've, I've been answering quite a few lately on vaccine mandates and uh, what to do and how to find your employees, how to retain your employees in this insane year that seems almost worse than last year in some ways. And honestly, that's mostly why I invited you on to this podcast is to talk about retaining employees because right now, along with the rest of the nation, but I feel like it might be a little exaggerated within dentistry, we are facing team shortages. We're facing people switching away, going to a different job, Um, and not having applicants. And so, you know, in the normal economic times, I have always said that being an employer is the hardest part of being a dentist. It's not making a good crown margin or making everything match or even convincing your patients to do the life-changing dentistry. It's being the leader, including the hard, tricky parts like saying in compliance with HR law. And I don't want to talk about compliance today, but what I want to talk about is like a brainstorming session where you and I talk about keeping our employees feeling happy, feeling appreciated so Mm -hmm. that they'll stay. (laughs) I I love talking about that. Um, Appreciation is one of the things that it is probably the least expensive way to maintain your team. I have done in the past workforce 360s where I would go in and I would interview a team in a practice and ask some questions that I wanted to know, some questions the practice owner wanted to know. And one of my questions was always, when was the last time you heard thank you? And even pre-pandemic, you would get responses like, I don't know, I don't think I've ever been told thank you. Um, And it's just, it's so, so negative to be able to, to hear that, to realize that you're not appreciated. You know, you go into some of these Facebook groups and, and there are a lot of fantastic practice leaders out there who talk, you know, about their team, like their team is their family. And, and I love to see that because the flip side of that are the ones that say that, you know, my team is here to help me. And if they're not helping me, well, they can leave. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't pay them to make it harder on me. And, and I just think that's the worst mentality you can possibly have because dentistry is a team activity. And if you don't have a team, you don't have a practice. You know, you can't do it all by yourself. Let's talk about mentality for a second, because as you know, I'm a life coach. So I'm always talking about what we're thinking about in our minds as being the thing that changes how we act and therefore what we get in our lives. And so, you know, a lot of us get into, and me, me included, so I don't want anyone listening to think I'm pointing fingers here. We get into thought habits where we're thinking things like, I can't trust them or they're be they're not doing the best they can. They're being lazy. I don't know how to lead them. All those things like when we say these things to ourselves, our employees know it because yes. it, it affects how we treat them. Yes. 
even if we're trying to pretend to be nice and feel grateful, it comes off as inauthentic and your employees will see that. Yeah. My employees already know, like, I mean, they sit nose to nose with me all day long. They know what I need before I ask for it. They know when I'm having a bad day, the patients don't know, but they know because they're emotionally intelligent women, which is why they're in dentistry. They like to help people. Mm -hmm. And because any human can't really hide how they feel. They can try to fake it if they want to. But so when you said mentality, and then I had to go off on my tangent. No, of course. You're out. absolutely correct. Yes. Let's find out what we're thinking and then let's replace it with things that we believe, but that make us feel grateful. So I, everyone's just doing the best they can. That's one that Brene Brown recommends saying to yourself, mm-hmm. just doing the best they can, or wow, look at all these things that this employee has done for me. Or what do I have to be grateful for today? And answer that question instead mm-hmm. of being the victim of what your brain is suggesting that you think, because honestly, brains are internally negative all the time. They come by it naturally, but we can take the reins if we want to. Mm-hmm. So, okay, back to you. So Well, that actually is, is a perfect um, concept for whenever you're thinking about recruiting your team as well, to go off my little tangent. One of the mentalities I keep seeing is that well, I can't find anybody because they're all sitting at home on unemployment. And that's why people are no show. And that's why I just can't get anyone to come in for interviews. And it's, it's always this negative, negative, there's a reason for it. <laughs> and it's not always unemployment. You know, your $45 an hour dental hygienist is not sitting at home on unemployment, making a couple hundred dollars a week. Right. And if you say that to yourself and you don't check yourself, then that's going to affect how you act it does. Both as how you recruit and also how you treat the people who are showing up. Like that's going to reflect, whereas what if you think to yourself, and I've done this with several of my clients who are having a hard time um, recruiting, mm-hmm. I am out there searching for my right fit and she, he or she is looking for me too. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that don't show up for the interview, well, they've self-selected out. You don't want that team member. <laughs> you should be grateful that you found that out before you hired them. Not that it's any less frustrating. I understand the frustration between, you know, lack of candidates and the ones that show up aren't super high quality. Some of them have never been in dentistry before if you're talking front desk. Um, And so there's a lot more that goes into hiring right now. But at the same time, you still want people who actually show up. And when they don't, they've just told you something, you know, major about themselves. That's not someone you want. Yeah. And I want to clarify too, I'm not saying that you're feeling frustrated and then just tell yourself to stop feeling frustrated. I'm saying recognize you're feeling frustrated and recognize that the frustration is coming from what you're believing, what mm-hmm. you're thinking and move on to something new. Like, Hey, I, this is an opportunity and I'm going to find the very right person for this team. So that's kind of the first suggestion. And I think we both have it is check your attitude, mm-hmm. both in recruiting and also how you're treating your team members right now. It's so easy to fall into something negative. It's natural. In fact, I would be shocked if somebody didn't fall into negativity unless they were like managing it on their own. So don't feel guilty if you've fallen into something negative, but just look at it and see that it's there. And if you need some coaching, if you need help getting out of that negativity, I can help you, or there's other life coaches that can help you. You can call Kara. She'll give you a pep talk. Yes. 
absolutely. I will tell you, there are other people out there. I promise your perfect employee is out there. Yes. And you're not alone. There's so many people going through the same thing at the exact same time. And as, but like you said, I think dentistry has been hit particularly hard. Um, you know, there are other, other industries out there that have been hit hard, the, the lower uh, income industries, um, restaurants and retail and whatnot. But I think a lot of a lot of really great employees in dentistry have actually just left dentistry. They've been burned out over the last year and a half. Not that you haven't, but they have. It's, it's a lot easier for them to leave because they don't have a practice to <laughs> contend with. Um, and so, so many of them have truly just left to find other jobs, um, and, and for various reasons and, you know, not, not to be negative, but there are, there are some things I think dentists and practice leaders have done that has led up to this, you know, some of your lower wage jobs, for example, there's been, you know, a lack of flexibility. There's been a lack of time off and work-life balance and in that sense, um, you know, some industries now that offer more flexible schedules where you can't do that, you're having to compete with those, whereas before that wasn't as much of an issue. So I feel like there's just a lot of people who've realized that, that this isn't working for them and they've moved on somewhere else to benefit them. And, and they're allowed to do that. You know, that's, that's their life. They're making business decisions for themselves. And if they don't want to work for our practices, we don't want them there. <laughs> we want people who are thrilled with their job. So that brings us to the next thing, which is let's just talk about what employees do want, because we know they want wages. That's part that's obvious. Right. Mm -hmm. But what do employees want? What do we as owners have a hard time giving them that we could actually give pretty easily? Let's um, yeah, let's do some low speed bump ideas here. What do they want? appreciation is the first thing, you know, I know that, that you give them a paycheck for them to show up. That's part of the psychological contract with you and your employees. Yeah. They, they have needs and you have needs. And that is a transactional approach to it, that they show up and work and you give them a paycheck. That's the very basis of the employee relationship. But when you dig a little deeper into that, there are other things an employee wants from an employer. Um, stability, for example, we have uh, schedules that, especially startup practices, you know, they're not set in a specific schedule where they can count on those wages every single week. And we're trying to cut corners by saying, well, if I'm a little short today, uh, I'm just going to send everybody home and save the payroll. That to them, that, you know, might've been their electric bill that you're saving and they're not getting because they don't have that stability in scheduling. Um, I see that happen frequently enough in dentistry um, or asking them to- Sure. So far, you've said appreciation and mm -hmm. stability, mm -hmm. but I want to go back to appreciation because I think yeah. this is one of the most important ones. Give me some ideas of ways to show appreciation. Other than just verbally appreciating people, which, like I said, is the least expensive thing you can absolutely do. Um, and other than, you know, wages, there are, are, are courteous things you can do for your employees. You can recognize that they need some work-life balance. And whenever they want to take PTO, if they've earned PTO, you let them take that time rather than continuing to say, well, we're really busy that day. Well, we need, you know, three months out for you to take a vacation day. We need that much notice for it. Um, being as flexible as you possibly can saying, you know, you do a great job for me. And I want to show you that I appreciate you by letting you have the balance that you need in your life. Uh, that's one way of appreciating having actual events for your team to show appreciation. You know, it can be something as simple as a paint and sip or, or a team dinner or team lunch. 
um, just something fun for your team to show them that you, you actually enjoy spending time with them as people, not just on a work basis. Um, recognizing their milestones, recognizing their birthdays, if they celebrate birthdays, of course, there's some that don't. Um, recognizing their work anniversaries, how long that they've been with you, either by you know an increase in benefits or increase in pay, um, or it, it, you know get them flowers, get them something, have a have a party, whatever it is. I've seen some practices do some fantastic, really creative things um, on social, which I just absolutely love to see whenever they're you know doing like themed birthday celebrations and you know really showing that they're going that extra mile for their team members. And I'm I know. Pause you for a second because I did something. Um, <clears throat> so, like when you start talking about like work anniversaries and and birthdays and stuff, like the practice owner in me starts to feel a little bit stressed because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I can't do this consistently? And oh my gosh, this is another task I need to do. There are companies out there that will do it for you. Okay. I'm serious. There are companies out there that you send them your list of employees and their, their anniversaries, and they will either like send flowers or send a gift box or whatever it is um, that you selected for that package. And they will do that for you. That is amazing. I know, and right? I, it's not my company, but I can get you a list of them if you want them. Let's include some of them in the show notes for the ladies who own practices. And then the other thing that I did, which all the my employees were happy with, is I assigned each employee a birthday buddy. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and so their buddy, I fund the thing, mm-hmm. but their buddy plans whatever the celebration is going to be, whether it's a team lunch or a little outing or, mm-hmm. you know, cookies and cupcakes or whatever. And so the other person is responsible for it. That way it doesn't add to my plate, mm-hmm. but you're still celebrating them. That's a great idea. You can also combine um, birthday and or work anniversaries and do a monthly celebration for anybody whose birthday happens to be that month. Because I know I've had some feedback from practices that have an individual that may be responsible for setting up the birthdays, whether it's the practice administrator or hygienist that just happens to love doing it, however it is. But Sometimes employees who are not part of the group, or maybe they're new, they feel left out, they didn't get the same thing that somebody else did, or that one person when their birthday rolls around, nobody does anything for them. So uh, there's there's ways to avoid that as well and, and make it easy. And then especially if you have a large team, if you've got you know, 15, 20 plus employees or, or even larger, if you're a you know, group practice, uh, you can't be celebrating a birthday every other day. <laughs> that's, that's too much cake. <laughs> So you could do a monthly celebration, which would take some of the stress out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's another thing that we do as far as um, I feel like it's helpful to work in to your structure, Mm -hmm. the thank yous. So what we do, and it wouldn't work for every practice, but we actually have an evening huddle. Oh, okay. We celebrate what we sold Mm -hmm. and we thank each other especially if I see teamwork, that's like, I see people helping one another, then I'm reinforcing that and going, ladies, this warms my heart. Thank you so much for helping each other. And everybody leaves feeling warm fuzzies. And you can encourage that culture and go around your circle and then have them recognize somebody else and something else that they've done for you or for another person um, that they've observed throughout that day. Then when we have regular team meetings, we spend time being grateful before we actually get into the weeds of the meeting. We spend time saying what we're thankful for. And sometimes we'll structure that in a way that we say something that we're grateful for from 
for somebody else in the room and what they do for the practice. And so, you know, just structuring the gratitude Mm -hmm. because brains are going to be brains and they're going to try to pull us down into the negativity. But if we work it in while we're feeling good, we'll be patting ourselves on the back for setting up the gratitude. And if you make that habit, you're going to rewire your brain to start thinking that way. There's been enough studies on that. And I'm sure you as a life coach have that information, Uh, that attitude of gratitude. And that's one of the reasons coaches and and counselors and therapists will suggest a gratitude journal because you get yourself into that habit and and that becomes natural to you. Yes. And human beings are pack animals, meaning we need to feel like we are a part of something that is a biological need inside of us that's why when you're lonely it's so you you die faster right like poor little elderly people by themselves they don't survive the loneliness and so and that and there can be loneliness within a busy practice if we're not doing something actively to make sure people feel a part of it and that creates people leaving the practice early, right? Whereas if we, if we're together, if they feel that togetherness, we're literally filling their biological need for that. And they're much more likely to stay with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, moving on to, to other ways you can show appreciation, you know, showing respect for your team. I think that for some reason ends up being something that, you know, you as the practice leader, <clears throat> feel respected or should feel respected. And if you don't, let's talk. Um, but you also need to, to mutually show respect for your team and create that culture of respect between each other. Um, and whether that is asking them if they can work this extra shift versus telling them they need to work an extra shift or, uh, I mean, there's just, there's so many different ways you can, you can show that you're respecting their time, respecting them as a, a person uh, and respecting what they do for you. <clears throat> communicating with them about their job descriptions, for example, treating them like adults. You're not hiring, presumably, unless you've got an intern, high school students <laughs> who need to be, you know, monitored about their cell phone usage and uh, monitored about taking lunch breaks and, and things like that. You should be able to trust that you've hired adults. Um, again, if you can't, then let's talk. Uh, but, but respecting them and treating them as an adult until they show you that they, they can't treated that way. Mm -hmm. One thing that I like to do that I feel like shows respect to my clinical team is in the front of the patient, I will ask the team member what they see. So let's pretend I'm doing a crown prep. I'll say to the the assistant, do you see any sharp points that I don't see Mm -hmm. or anything that needs to be smoothed down or, or the margin? How's the margin look from your perspective? And like, you know, in the patient's mind, that team member's credibility just went up like five million. And plus they really do have other eyes over there and they're the Mm -hmm. ones who are scanning it. So they see my preps, you know, really um, magnified. So if I don't ask them, then that's stupid. (laughs) It doesn't cost me anything to ask them their opinion. Mm -hmm. And I do the exact same thing in the other hallway with my hygienist. What did you see that you're concerned about? And a lot of times I'll even come into the room and they already have something pulled up that they're concerned about on the screen. So a photograph or, or a radiograph, or they're like, we just want to make sure you don't, that we remember to look at this thing. The patients know it's important. I'm acknowledging them. It doesn't cost me anything at all. And you can do the same for your front desk. You know, if you're dealing with a difficult patient, to, you know, dealing with a, a problem with collections or something along those lines, asking their opinion, asking how they would handle it. 
um, showing them that you value their contribution to your practice by, by giving them the respect that, that their position should afford of, you know, they do this all day. Yes. You presumably as a dentist are not doing this all day. Um, so respecting them in that sense that you know, asking really them cool. how something should be done. And another thing that I do, I'm, I'm just talking about myself so much today. Sorry, You have I, a great practice and a great culture. So it's a right. really good format. So. If we have a patient who shows disrespect to our team members, we'll try to work with that patient. But ultimately, I am not afraid to dismiss someone because they're being a bully to my people. Yes. So my ladies know that I'm watching out for them. It's not the customers always right in our oh. office. We treat patients who are grateful for us. That is in our vision. Mm -hmm. And so if someone's being a bully, they have to go. And and this is just another way to show respect. Like, ladies, I care about your work experience. I want this to be a good place for you to work. Absolutely. And that also lends to that stability and security feeling for them, knowing that you have their back. Mm -hmm. And they all know that if they were to switch practices, they wouldn't have that because there aren't very many dentists who are confident enough to just go ahead and dismiss those patients. And ladies, if you're listening to me and you know which patients I'm talking about, do yep. yourself a favor, write the letter. It doesn't <laughs> have to be very long. It's just, hey, we're not gonna be your dentist anymore. Best of luck to you. And you will walk away from signing that letter with a big giant smile on your face. Yeah, absolutely. Because that, that will weigh on your team feeling like that they weren't protected, that you didn't take care of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that can lead to that lower morale, can lead to lower productivity, which equals less money for you and a potential team member walking out the door. Yeah. And just, you know, adding to that sense of dissatisfaction, whereas if they're thinking to themselves, my boss really has my back, he or she's going to be a lot less likely to start perusing through Indeed or Facebook ads or whatever to, you know, I'm sure they all get emails every week on who's hiring right now. I've and been getting some of those. I'm like, did you look at my profile? I am not, no, <laughs> I'm not an office manager. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Yeah. But anyway, okay. So we're, we're talking about appreciation. And then the second thing that you said was flexibility. Um, yeah, flexibility as well. We had said appreciation. We've talked about kind of culture in the broader sense of that um, respect. Flexibility is certainly one of them. Um, giving them some work-life balance. You know, way back in the day, I guess it kind of feels like that way anyway. <laughs> at least um, post-pandemic or in the middle of it, still wherever we're at with this. Uh, you know, some people really wanted that nine to five, and you had employers who would say, well, you know, I can pay them less wages because I'm offering them a stable schedule, the nine to five. Uh, they could go make that in retail or, or fast food or whatever have you, but they, you know, they have to work weekends and evenings and so on. Yes, but now with, with COVID, with so many uh, daycare centers shutting down, so many kids who still can't get vaccinated, things are changing. Um, there's been a lot of companies outside of dentistry that have realized that they can actually have employees work from home and employees are loving it. They're saving money. They're being able to spend more time with kids because they're saving time from commutes. They're able to possibly switch schedules with a spouse and save on childcare costs. Sometimes people want that flexibility. And while I realize in dentistry, you can't have, you know, this open-ended schedule where people come and go as they please, you can try to give them some flexibility in scheduling whenever they need time off um, for whatever the reason, you know, they're allowed to take time off for their personal 
they have a life. It's they don't just live, you know, to work for you, just like hopefully you don't live to work for yourself. Uh, and and being able to accommodate them when possible without having them jump through so many hoops, like giving you know six months notice on vacation time. Sometimes people just don't know that. I have actually had a client in the past who lost an employee because he did not let her go to or tried not to let her go to her her child's kindergarten graduation because she didn't give enough notice and he wanted to stick with that rule and she walked. <laughs> And that to her was important enough that she would lose a job over it. You know, I'm, I'm a mother and I have two kids who I've attended both of their kindergarten graduations. And while it may not seem like a big deal to some people, it, it kind of is for some parents and you don't want to miss it. So being able to, to realize that they have lives and, you know, aren't just living to work, they're working to live and, and letting them have that flexibility when possible is going to keep your team longer than trying to stick to very, very hard and fast black and white rules. And we have to give our employees time off. There were times when for some reason dentistry thought you should work a whole year before anybody even gets a week off. Well, no, there's still times. I still have so many dentists that say that they have no PTO, including paid holidays um, until they've been there for a year. And then they might give five days after a year. My question to that is, do you actually want to have a burned out employee taking care of your patients? Because there will come a part, and I can let my audio person bleep this out later, where you just don't give any fucks anymore. For every person, there's going to be someone who, I, there's going to be a point, whether they're new or not, where they don't care yeah. because they've been working too hard. And, well, and they're, they're, contract or well their um their argument to that is that well I, I let them have time off i just don't pay them for it yes but that means people have to lose money to take time off so they end up coming to work when they're sick or they have to leave you know a sick kid at home with somebody else and instead of staying home with the germs and take care taking care of their child there um you know there's there's so many practices that are saying, well, I'm having trouble hiring and I post up my job ad and I look at the job ad and it says, okay, they offer PTO and health insurance and 401k, but you break that down and the PTO is not for a year. And then it's a couple of days after a year with maybe four paid holidays. Um, and then they have health insurance that is unaffordable for most of their practice or uh, the practice generally has you know, spouse's insurance or something like that, that they're on. Um, and then their 401k, they can't get for a year or two. So I'm like, you have benefits, but you don't have any benefits for them for an entire year. That's a long time. <laughs> There's so many businesses they can go work at that they're going to get two, three, even four weeks of PTO from day one. Maybe they don't get to use it on day one, but they're going to start accruing it on day one. And we're wondering why we're having trouble competing in any job market. And I just want to speak to scarcity brain right here because probably some of the listeners are going, but Kara, I can't afford that. Okay. So I'm just, ladies, I'm talking to you <laughs> right now. Okay. You can't afford not to. Can't afford not to. And um, giving your team time is one of those things that's going to help you retain and retention is so valuable. Plus when you have a an assistant or a, you know, if you, when they come back from vacation, they're happy, they have stories, things to share with the patients, they're ready to, um, to start performing again. And in our culture, what we do in our practices, we make sure that we're 
offering the very best care to every single patient, um, meaning we're giving them the top options if they want to. And the ladies know that when we are extra productive, that is basically how we're affording all the vacation time that we get. So I, because I give my people people six weeks of paid vacation a year. You are awesome Thank and you. unusual, very unique. And your people should just stay with you forever. Well, they do. And, and that's, um, I don't get very much, I haven't had a single person leave since COVID hit. Um, and, you know, it's not just, I, I don't want to brag, you know, but I have selected these ladies and I have spoiled them. And one of the main ways that I spoil them is by giving them time off. And then th we've created this teamwork hustle, not bad hustle, but good hustle each other atmosphere. So every day we're like, let's do a little extra because that's how we afford all these weeks off. That's fantastic. So, and, and I agree, you can't afford not to give at least some time off. You know, I, I came from a dental CPA firm. I can run the numbers for you. I can give you a business case of what turnover is going to equate and how much it's really costing you. It's, it's not as much as you think. You know, your hygiene might be a little bit more expensive to give PTO to, obviously, because their, their rate is a little bit higher. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've done the math for some practices and it costs them less than what 10,000 a year just to give, you know, a couple weeks of PTO and some paid holidays, uh, you know, holidays are another one that if, if you're not giving any PTO, I, I always highly recommend starting holidays on, you know, a, a, upon hire. So if you hire somebody around Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, during that time of the year, you're going to close the practice and they're just not going to get paid. Well, that's unfortunate for them. You know, I feel like anytime you're intentionally closing the practice and not letting them earn any hours, um, that, that you need to have some mechanism for them to still have a paycheck because so many of them are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, I've had other practices like you that did offer their PTO through the pandemic. I had one practice that I love working with them. He's, he's fantastic. He's one of the most generous people I know. And he's one that I love trying out all my fun benefits on. He actually has a, a paid, paid vacation policy, which is something that you'll see in tech uh, often enough where the, the principle is, is not only are you giving them time off for vacation, but he gives a, a yearly stipend for them to actually spend on vacation expenses. It's something, you know, I consider more of a premium benefit and it, it is a practice that's been, uh, been in business for about six or so years now. Um, but he actually kept that benefit through the pandemic. That was one that I thought that, you know, it's kind of, kind of tough. Might, might want to put that on hold for this year, but he kept it through the pandemic and told me that he you know, felt like they'd had a hard enough year and that that was something he wanted them to have. He wanted them to have the time off and be able to actually take it and go do something with their families. And I'm like, oh, that is why I love working with you. <laughs> that makes my heart happy. Yeah. Actually, I we talked about that a few, a few weeks ago and I brought it up to the team as one of the things I gave him a little list of things that we could do for extra incentives. And I included that one in there where, where I'm waiting to hear back from them to see if they want to do that one or something else. Because we also talked about maybe a team trip. Mm -hmm. We've done that in the past. And basically we just said, once we sell this many ortho cases, we're going to Hawaii. And they oh, did. that would be they awesome. Did. Yeah. And they paid for it themselves. You know, I mean, they hustled, they made it happen. Mm -hmm. And we all went together and stayed. Hey, trips are fantastic. Um, you know, a lot of them don't have the opportunity to travel. 
uh, if, especially if they're, you know, they don't have a, a ton of PTO, especially if they don't have, um, you know, the, the stability in place to be able to do that, to be able to take that time off and actually go somewhere. If they're living paycheck to paycheck, it's hard to plan a trip to Hawaii. I, uh, speaking of Hawaii, I've had a practice owner tell me that whenever he hired his first two employees, he said, if you're with me for 10 years, I will send you and your spouse on an all expenses paid week to Hawaii. And both of those employees stayed with him for 10 years and he actually had to cash in and he was, he was extremely happy about that. He's like, man, what do I do if the rest of them stay for 10 years? <laughs> I just thought that was a fantastic idea though. You know, definitely better than a, than a watch or a plaque. I'll take a trip to Hawaii. <laughs> so we've got about five minutes left before we're gonna lose the attention of our ladies because they're all busy, right? right? So what I wanna hear from you is a quick rundown of some of the most common mistakes, either just bad ideas or that aren't legal. So that the ladies can just walk away with some practical advice on what not to do, ready? Absolutely. I think whenever you're talking about pay and appreciating employees, that's where you start getting into some of the things that, that do go into the illegal side. Um, one of them is bonuses. Not that bonuses are illegal, but there are different types of bonuses. And most of the practice management consultants that you hear bonus structures from never bring this up for some reason. Um, you have this, this type of bonus called a discretionary bonus, which is your discretion. Hey, whenever you're just saying, hey, I'm, I'm feeling generous. We had a good month. I'm going to give everybody some money. Totally cool. The other type is called a non-discretionary bonus, which is what most of these bonus systems are, where you have a certain metric that they have to achieve. And, and yes, it is at your discretion to offer something like that, but that's not what the IRS is going to look at or DOL, no, DOL is going to look at. <clears throat> and so whenever you have certain metrics for a bonus system, you have to factor in an overtime premium. If you have your employees who are working any hours of overtime, say you've got a bonus based on a monthly um, scale, if they work any overtime during that month, you're actually supposed to take that bonus and factor in the overtime premium for that time and a half on that bonus for every one of those overtime hours that month. And I don't hear anybody doing that. <laughs> um, or I'll hear the, the opposite of, well, we don't track our employees' time. Okay, well... <laughs> That goes, into, that goes into a different set of illegal um, that I won't get into, but that's one I see is a really, really big one. And I have had a client get audited and um, he had done everything I had told him to do except for that one thing. And that was the thing that DOL caught him on was the non-discretionary bonus system. Um, the other thing I think I'll see, and it's more of a best practice, is I still see practices doing annual performance reviews and they tie it to salary and they feel like just because someone's been there longer, they have to get more money or they put that thought into their employees' heads. And, and I don't really love performance reviews in general anymore. I prefer to do something like a quarterly check-in versus that big review because, you know, your employees, if they don't get a raise at that year, well, they start thinking, man, it's going to be another year until I get a raise. So they either find another place or their productivity lowers, their morale lowers. So everybody on both sides feels tied to that annual review. Practice owners hate doing it. <laughs> Employees hate doing it. It doesn't really work. Um, so I really feel like that needs to be something that changes in dentistry as well. And that, that bonuses and raises should be given based on merit contribution to the practice and the financial position of the practice, not longevity, not how long someone's been there. And that can get yeah. you in trouble too, if they're getting a raise every year, yep. but you're really not actually happy with their performance. Then, you know, when you try to fire them and they come back with a lawsuit, they're like, look, I've been getting raises this whole time. Or for unemployment. I don't know why I was fired. They said I was a great employee. Exactly. And now yep. they're with a lawsuit. 
Mm -hmm. so, um, I think I think the other ones like gift cards, um, the, the systems with the poker chips, things like that, that I'll see just cutting them a check or handing them cash as a bonus. Yes, it makes them feel happy. However, it's supposed to go on their W-2 at the end of the year. So not accounting for that doing like a one month um, check of all the bonuses that they should have gotten a, a non-check basically you can gross it up to where they don't have taxes taken out of it or that you're covering the taxes you can do that but they need what gross it up means to us tooth people so if you give somebody a hundred dollar check and they have you know a tax rate that takes out 20 bucks somewhere in there um that is the the net of their check and they're only getting 80 out of that 100 so what you can do or have your accountant do is is actually increase the amount of that check to where you're covering your taxes and the your side of the employer side of the payroll tax as well as the employee side to where they get the full 100. so you're writing a check to them for 100 but yes. on the payroll you're saying oh, i paid 120 and then you're is, yes. 20 or whatever and you're giving it to the irs for them Correct. Yes. So where they get the full amount and it's a full bonus rather than than taxing their bonus, even though it's still getting taxed, you're just covering it. Yeah. So you can do that. But then also, you know, gift cards, the five dollars here and there, those do add up and they're supposed to end up on the W-2 at the end of the year. So you just you email your bookkeeper and you say, hey, everybody got five dollars today for a gift card. So please gross up. Or, or keep a record of it and at the end of the month have them do a one-time yeah. you know monthly check of this was all the bonuses but it's a check that's not a check yeah you know, it's, it's already been paid out exactly. mm -hmm. oh, so, so yeah things like that <laughs> i feel like we could do this again i mean i feel like oh did the tip of the iceberg but the main point is we need to be a part of that pack we need to be appreciated and it's something that we can provide without spending a lot of money. And if anyone's listening and they're like, I wanna get there, but my brain's saying I can't, just call me. We'll coach for it, we'll coach on it. Call you and then call me and I'll make the business case for you and show you that you can afford it. We'll show you the numbers and then the two of us will have changed another dentist's life. Boom, patting myself on the back. <laughs> you are awesome, Lauren. Oh, I, know you help, I know you help so many women, um, you're just amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, we are doing our mastermind enrollment again coming up here in um, early October. So if there's anyone listening who wants to get into a group where we dive into these things with other women who own dental practices, then check out my practice. I mean, my website, loveyourpractice.net and click on the mastermind to get information about that. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure as always, Kara, and I will see you on the interwebs, Facebook, Instagram, all those things. Thank you, Laura. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you again for being on. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.